This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. How's everybody doing tonight? You guys good? Good, good, good. I, I just really love this, this Lord, this King. Uh, we, we talked about intimacy last month, and, and it's all about how he's inseparable with us, that he loves us no matter what we've done. He loves us no matter what spill we've made, because there's a guy named Rafa that can clean all that up. And, and if he can clean up the coffee, then what can't God do in our hearts? What can't God clean up in our life that we're too ashamed to come and actually talk to him about? But there's a God that's like, bring your shame, bring everything that you have, because I want to wipe it away like it never happened, even though there's people that might remember that there is. <sighs> And I'm telling you, the energy drink is gone, so I'm, I'm, this is all Jesus caffeine right now. It's all him, because he's just so good, and he's so great that last week, uh, my wife and I got invited to the beach by this amazing family, and, and when I tell you that God gives you more than you deserve, it's really true. Like, not only did he give me back my life after I messed it up, and he, he gave me a brand new heart, and it just moves me because what kind of father is like, here, drive this brand new Tesla, you crash it, and he's like, here's an even better Tesla. It's okay, I love you. And that just moves me because people don't do that. People are like, you broke it? Okay, call your insurance. We're going to raise the insurance. We're going to put some points on your license, and we're going to take it away. But Jesus is like, let me get you a brand new Tesla. And he knows because gas prices are going up, so he knows we need an electric car. And and, and he's so good because not only did he give me my life, but he gave me people that I'm able to just simply be myself and love. And, and for whatever reason, they're like, hey, come to the beach with us. We'll take care of you. And, and my orphan part of me wants to be like, I don't deserve that. But luckily, we have brothers that come to men's meeting, and they're like, if you say no, you're robbing this person from their blessing. And you're actually being prideful. And I was like, whoa, God, calm down. You don't got to yell at me like that. And he was like, that's what I want to do with you all the time, is if you allow me to be in control of your life, if you allow me to be Lord of your life, King of your life, I know what's best for you. And then all you have to do is be a son and enjoy it. And we're talking about in so chats, I'm like, why do we always choose the complicated stuff rather than the two simple laws that, that Jesus came and did, you know? We're like, no, we want the 500 laws because it gives us some sense of control where Jesus was like, I came to make it simple. There's two things you need to do. The first one is love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And the second one is love your neighbor as you love yourself. And yet we're like, no, God, we need all the laws. And uh, so these amazing people, they were like, you don't deserve the bottom floor or a Motel 6 or, you know, sleeping in your car. You deserve the 17th floor, which is almost a top floor. If they had gotten like, you know, the top floor, I, 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 I might have had a heart attack uh, because it was just so overwhelming. You know, like my wife and I go in there, we're just crying. We're like, we're orphans. We love this. And, and they're like, but we love you. And, um, and then it didn't help that they were like, OK, you guys get the bedroom with the big window. And we're like, oh, my gosh, what do I do with this? How many of you guys ever feel that God gives you so much that you have no idea what to do with it other than cry (laughs) and maybe take a nap because there's a bed right there. Oh, yeah, two of I love you guys. Yay. Pray for me afterwards, okay? And uh, we're out there, and this is the part that I love. My point of this is I opened up the balcony, and the weather was crazy. Like, I thought it was going to be 70. It was going to be nice. I was going to make fun of everybody here in Virginia because the weather dropped. And uh, But the wind was like, she was just trying to take me away, and um, but how many of you guys know that things in life try to take you away, but if you keep your heart on Jesus, it doesn't even matter. And so I'm out there on this balcony, and, and, and I want to say the enemy, but really my own thoughts are trying to rob me away of this beautiful gift that somebody gave to me, even though I don't deserve it, even though I paid nothing for it. 
Isn't that crazy? So, so I'm out there on a the balcony and I'm like, God, what do you want to do? And, and he's like, let's look at the ocean together so I can reveal some things to you. Say the word reveal. Another word for reveal is revelation. It's an opportunity for him to reveal a brand new way about him. And how many of you guys read your Bible? Good job. Pastor Kathy and I think, God, we read our Bibles. <laughs> Reading your Bibles is really good, okay? I'm going to be honest with you. The first time that I heard somebody bring, I, I heard somebody, we were at Chick-fil-A's, right? We were at the Lord's house. And uh, I got invited to a Bible study. I got bamboozled. I was just born again. I had just gave my life to God. And I didn't know how important it was to read your Bible because I barely even knew he wanted me to live, you know. And, and so I go to the Lord's house, which is Chick-fil-A. And they were like, come, come, to, come eat Chick-fil-A. We'll pay for it. And I'm sitting there. And they bring out these Bibles. And I'm like, what's up with these old books? Like, well, why do you guys have these books? And they're flipping through and it's highlighted. And I'm like, I don't read books. Like, I don't, I, unless it's, I can't tell you. What, okay, I'm going to tell you. I brought it up. I have to say, unless they're like Nicholas Spark books. I like Chick flicks. Uh, I'm, I eat steak. You know, I shoot guns. Uh, I was in the army. Uh, but there's something about romance books. And then I met Jesus and I found out why I love romance books. is because he was pursuing me the whole entire time. And is that okay? So, uh, so those are the only books I read and I never highlighted nothing in there. Uh, and so these guys have these Bibles out and one of them made a comment. He was like, I need the Bible because it, without it, I'll die. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, give me a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Can you give me one of those Bibles? And, and, uh, and he actually let me borrow a Bible, but I couldn't understand it because it was in the King James version. Am I the only one that can't really speak English that well? Okay. Don't answer that. Um, and, and then, but luckily, uh, during my time in the military, I had this amazing guy. You heard him speak last week. His name is Nathaniel Knight. And it was a great teaching. I, I got a chance to listen to it over the week. And he talked about turnaround and how repenting is beautiful because it's a change of heart. It's an opportunity to turn towards Jesus. It's an opportunity to turn towards God. And, and, uh, Pastor Gavin's been teaching about the power of faith and the difference between believing and the difference between faith. And, and I really didn't understand it. So I was brave enough to go into his office, sit down and go, Hey, what are you talking about? And he was like, let me draw you a diagram. And I'm like, you know that I need this visual stuff. Thank you. You do hear from the Lord. And he drew me this little diagram. And on one side right here, on my left side, raise your left hand on this left hand right here side. Uh, I can't draw anything to air. I'm not that cool yet, but on this left side right here, he wrote Rafa. And belief. And down here on the right, he wrote faith in Jesus. And he said, there's a difference between believing and faith. Believing is what I use with my mind in order to get to Jesus, who has the faith, who has the power, who has the word to actually speak to your innermost being to then create something beautiful with power. Does that make sense? Because when I saw the diagram, it didn't make sense to my head, but my heart caught it. And I was like, so what you're saying is I need to turn towards God with everything? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's easy. I love talking to this dude. Like, he talked to me when I was trying to kill myself. How much more does he want to speak to me now? And, uh, and, and so anyway, so, so the, the whole reason I'm saying that is because Nate, um, Nate gave me this Bible, and it was the New Living Translation. And I was so happy because I'm reading it, and I can understand the scriptures. And I realized that the reason I could understand it wasn't only because it was in a version that I could understand, but I had just gotten baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so I had a guide to be able to come and speak to me and say, hey, like, let's ponder on this word, even though you don't understand it. Are you guys still with me? So today, what I want to share with you guys are things that I've pondered with the Holy Spirit. Things that I've able, I was able to experience with God and, and Jesus and reading my word with him. And, 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 I've, and it set me so free. <laughs> say free. It just brought me to this place of, of even more freedom that I didn't even know I had. And, and I love it. So that's what I want to share with you guys today is when I was on the beach, he gave me a bunch of these words. And, 
And I'm out there and, and I'm on the balcony and the weather's hitting me and it's not the circumstances that I want. But last time I spoke, we talked about intimacy with James 1 where he says, count it all joy as you face various trials. And trials are things that are out of your control, circumstances that you can't control. How many of you guys like control? Don't raise your hand. But the world loves control and I want to control the wind, but I physically can't. And, and I'm out there and I was like, but I can control my thoughts that lead me, my belief system that leads me back to God. And, and I'm talking to Jesus and I'm like, hey, what do you want to tell me right now? And he's like, look right. And I look right and there's a chair. And I was like, you want me to sit on it? He was like, no, 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 forget about the chair. <laughs> look at the ocean. And, and it's funny because like sometimes I feel like it's so much easier to look at the thing that's right in front of us and then we miss the big picture that God is trying to show us. And then we blame God because we're like, God, how dare you only show me the chair when God's like, no, if you lift your head up a little bit more, during worship, you'll be able to see the bigger picture. And because worship is all the time, not just when there's music. Okay, we won't go there. That's another module. So, so I lift my head up and I see like the ocean and, and I see a pier and I'm doing the math and I'm like, it's about a mile because I was planning to go running. And then past that pier was another pier and past that pier was just more ocean and it was endless. And I was like, I wish I could see the end. And God was like, look left. And I look left and there was a wall. And he was like, come on, buddy, we learned this. And I'm like, you're right, God, I'm a fast learner. And I moved my head that way. And I saw the rest of the ocean. Well, I thought I saw that. I couldn't see the end of that side. It just kept going and going and going. And I was like, okay, that's cool, God. What else do you want to show me? Like, I'm, I'm with it now. You know, you show me the first two things. I think I could hear your voice. What's the next thing you want to show me? Because there's always more from God. And he's like, look over the horizon and I'm looking over the horizon and, and, uh, and I could, I feel like I could see a cup. You know, if you believe in flat earth and stuff, that's you and Jesus, you talk about it. But I felt like it was cupping a little bit and, but I still couldn't see the end of it. And I was like, okay, God, this is cool. You're showing me all this fun stuff. Uh, it's too cold to go out there. What is it that you want me to do? And he was like, I am the ocean. He was revealing something in my heart and he said, I am the ocean and I'm endless. You can't see where I start. You can't see where I end. You can't even see how far I go. And I was like, you really are endless. And Pastor Abel had made this comment where he said, we're all amateurs when it comes to God. And you want to know why? Because we're never going to know him because he's endless. Isn't that, I felt a relief. Like all this weight came off my heart where I was like, I've been reading the Bible since that moment in Chick-fil-A for 10 years straight. And I feel like I know nothing about God. And yet I have all these highlights and notes in here and I still know nothing about him because he's endless. And, and I'm like, where, where do I fit in this big picture? And he's like, if you look at that wave down there, he's like, you're that wave. And I was like, that's it. And he was like, yeah, isn't that good? He was like, because you're part of the ocean. You aren't the whole ocean. So when things go wrong, it's not because you did something wrong. You were actually a part of this ecosystem that I created and all the weight isn't on you, but yet if you abide with me, then we can create giant waves where people are able to come and have fun or, or crazy tsunamis that you can't even understand how they happen because there's a phenomenon way far away that earthquake happened and, and it starts shaking and these giant waves happen. And God's like, I just want you to be a part of me, but I don't need you to carry the weight of it. How many of you guys feel like you need to carry God's weight? Don't raise your hand, but in your heart. Just put your hand on your heart. Because God didn't make you carry the weight. God literally died so he can carry the weight. The only weight he wants you to have is his yoke, which is light and easy. So right now, in Jesus' name, we break any weight that you feel like you should be carrying. And it's so much more fun because now you actually get to abide with him and do stuff with him without concerning yourself whether you're doing right or wrong. Because if you're listening to the Father, he's always going to point you towards life, not death. 
Are you guys still with me? Am I, is it because I'm yelling? I like what Pastor Kevin said Sunday. I'm not mad. I'm just excited. I have passion. So I'm here and, and I feel so good, you know, and it's awesome that we're talking about kingdom because the way that God has always worked in my life is he never wants me to teach information. He always wants me to teach my experiences. And I love it because information, I just forget. Okay, like when I was a little kid, I, nobody explained to me, okay, I'm from Guatemala, I was five years old, I came here, you know that story if you heard it a couple Wednesdays ago, a lot of Wednesdays ago, uh, but my reading level was not good, I was actually in English as a second language, nobody taught me what a period was, I know it's so silly, but nobody told me what the purpose of a period was, and it was funny, because I was sitting with these teachers, and they were like putting stops, like little sticky like faces on it, like little smiley faces on these, on these periods. And I would just read right by it. And they're like, Rafa, that's an F. You're doing it wrong. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's just a little sticky. I thought the smiley face meant I was doing a good job. And, and then finally, finally, when I was in fifth grade, somebody was like, the purpose of a period, it means that this sentence and this thought is done. And then the next part, the reason it's capitalized is because it's a continuation of another thought. And I was like, thank you for adding value to this information. You guys with me? So there's something what God does where he's like, here's information, but here's the value behind it. This is why I put it inside of you. It isn't so you can sound good. It isn't so you can get the smiley faces. It's so you and I can have conversation. You guys still with me? I I promise you I know what periods are now. I don't have any sticky faces in here. So the the biggest word God was teaching me was how he is Lord King. Say Lord King. So the cool thing is that God moves even though you don't fully understand what he is or what he's doing. Isn't that great? Because if we had to wait for our brains to catch up to Jesus, I don't know where we would be. I don't know where I would be. And it was crazy because when I was born again, I had a, a little bit of a belief. Say a little bit. I actually didn't even really believe that he was there. This, this Pastor Abel, he just, he was down there preaching and he would just talk about, I was 17, I'm turning 28 this year and, and, uh, he, he just talked about this God that loved me and I didn't believe him because the way I was raised up was I'm gonna get struck by lightning and die. And so I was like, well, how far can we go before I die? <laughs> Which is bad, don't do that. Um, and so I end up here and, and, and then the only belief I had was I've heard about you. There's a chance that you might be real and I'm just gonna take a little baby step to do it. And it changed my entire life. And I thought about how God works in the little things. And he gave me actually, if you could turn your Bibles, we'll read some scripture so it's legal. We'll go to Matthew 13, 31 and take your time. And it's in the New King James Version because I can understand English now. I made it. Here we go. So Matthew 13, 31, another parable, the word parable is actually a heavenly story with a heavenly meaning, which is great, which means it's not of the earth, but he's using earthly principles so we can actually somewhat understand him. Does that make sense? So another parable, say another. How many of you guys know that if you don't get it the first time, there's always another? Come on. And if you missed a Wednesday night because you were at the beach, there's always a? Nice. And if you failed because you did something wrong today, there's always a? chance, right? But there's only one God. I just want to let you know that. Okay. So another, another parable he put forth to them saying the kingdom, say the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Say my field, which indeed is the least, say least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the airs come and nest in its branches. 
I want to break some words there, but the first one, so I can finish the, the uh, testimony part, is least. Say least. Least is very small, almost inconsiderate, like at the bottom. And I thought about how like God works in the least thing, the smallest little things. And, and I started thinking about the mustard seed and uh, Pastor Kathy and I were talking about it today in a meeting. And like it's so small, it fits in between your fingers. Like it's so much smaller. And the first time I actually heard of a mustard seed because I thought it was big because I'm like, God does big things. You know, he probably lives in Texas. Like he does big things. And, uh, and then I found out the mustard seed is so small. And then I read, I saw a meme and, uh, and it's funny because I looked up meme and meme is actually a snapshot that the brain takes that remembers stuff. Anyways, that doesn't matter. That was just something that came out. So, uh, uh those, this meme I saw, it was a joke. It was so funny. They were like, how do they milk the mustard out of it? Because it's a mustard seed. That was a dad joke, but I'm not a dad. Um, and then I saw one with the almonds. They're like, how do they get the milk out of the almonds? I just thought it was hilarious. Okay, so uh, God and I are like, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so I, I thought about this mustard seed that fits in between. That's the least of all seeds because it looks insignificant, but yet it has the most power. In the message, it actually says the birds that come are eagles. Eagles say, but you're not a snake. The eagles. So that means this tree becomes so big that eagles not only land there, they actually build their homes. They actually have families there. And and, and I started thinking about how, how we as humans are so okay with the logic behind a seed. I don't know. I might be crazy. I might go on a little tangent. I have a little bit of time. The seed part blows my mind. How is something so small have something so big inside of it? It just makes no, and we're okay saying, yeah, that's okay, that's normal, science proves it. But we can't believe that there's a God that loves us. We can't believe that there's a God that no matter what your shame is, he's pursuing you. We're going to get there with the prodigal son. Oh, you're not. Okay, I ain't going to preach, I'm going to teach. The seed thing just really messed with me. That I was like, there's a, there's, there's a tree inside of this thing that I can't even milk mustard out of? Like... But yet, if I put it in the ground and I can't even see what it's doing, but I have to believe, I have to have the faith to let it know that it's going to, somehow that little seed is going to break the soil of Virginia, which is actually clay, pop through that ground, beat all the frost that's coming in, the summer, the wind, have the right amount of water, and then somehow push through the ground and then produce this giant tree. It just logically breaks my brain. But we're okay believing it. We're just walking by this tree and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, that was, that was there. It always does that. And then somebody's like, God loves you. No, he can't love me. Isn't that crazy to me? Like, it just blows my mind. Thank God for Romans 8, 1. There is no condemnation for those that belong to Christ Jesus, which means there's another. Say another. So this moment where I got born again, God used a mustard seed in my life. He used the least thing, something that maybe was a possibility, a 1% chance, a point percent chance of one that I would actually give him my heart that day. And thankfully, Mark Johnson played the drums just right and it hit my heart, you know. And so bless the worship team when they do stuff right because then people get born again. Am I right? Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Yeah, and that moment, oh, I love you guys. Come on, we'll do more hallelujahs. I like hallelujahs. Uh, but this moment where like, it seems so insignificant, changed my life. Like, I'm up here talking to you guys. I, I just wonder how many, how many times has God said something to us and we deny it because we're like, it seems so dumb. And We'll just read it again. Say another. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The, the word that God revealed to me for the mustard seed is the word of faith is when we go to God and he gives us a word. 
which a man took and sowed it in his field. And it's so important. I think worship and, and being around people is so important because it does something to our hearts. I don't know about you guys, but every time I would show up to church, I would get hugs and I would hate it. I'm like, why is this person touching me today? Like, don't you know I hate people? Don't you know my heart hurts? And they'll be like, I love you. And I'm like, you faker. You just want something from me. Like my ex who broke my heart. And, and, uh, and not my wife. She's great. I love her so much. She's not the ex. She, she won. She did it. Uh, but God is still king. Okay. All right. I will get there later. So, and, and you know, and I'm like getting, Oh, like, you know, all these people are just trying to love me. And, and I'm just like, what is this? But it did something to my heart. It did something to my heart where my, my guard went down, where, where my heart, which is actually the field that God plants all the time, not just when you're in church, not just when the song's playing, not when you have 91.9 on the radio station. Not, not, not that. It's the moments where you're irritated, the moments where you're alone, the moments when you're like, where am I going to get the next finances? How am I going to be able to fill up my gas? What, how should I buy or, or, or who just died? Those are the moments when your field is just ready for a king to come and speak to you and plant something inside of your heart if you allow him to. Craig was saying that he's a gentleman. He is. He gave us something so powerful, and it's called free will. It's the power of a choice. Isn't that great that we don't have a king or a lord that dictates us, even though he has the power to do that? He's so good, man. That just, that just, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, man. Oh, I like that word. Ooh. So, I want to break some more words now. Are you guys bored at all? Okay, good. We still have a little bit of time. If you hear me speak fast, just turn on your Spanish brain. <laughs> yeah, thanks, PC. <clears throat> so I really love the word. Uh, where is it? I promised my wife I was going to use this iPad thing because it was a gift, and we try to use gifts. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yay, we made it. Okay, so uh, I love this word kingdom. So another parable, say another. He put forth to them saying the kingdom of heaven. And, and it's really cool because uh, Pastor Kathy gave us homework and, and she was like, hey, go look up scriptures about kingdom. And, and I'm looking at, you know, kingdom and I'm like, I know nothing. God is endless. I just had this revelation about the ocean. And I'm like, I can't wait to see what I find. And I started looking up some words in the kingdom and uh, kingdom in the Bible and, and I was looking at the old Hebrew words and the old Greek words and, and, uh, and then God gave me this beautiful picture about the power of looking up words and he, he told me how he feels about it is the same way I, he feels with my wife when I get her flowers. So she can give me the word flower, but it's, I get so much more when she's like, I love peonies or ponies. The first time she told me, I was like, I can't afford a pony girl. I was like, I can't get you that. So I work for a church. I can't get you ponies. And then I understood. She was like, peonies. And I was like, peonies. So I thought it was a joke. So I'm walking into Trader Joe's and I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, I love you. Can I give you a hug? And being one of those weird people, you know, softer soil. And I was like, do you guys have ponies? And the lady was like, peonies. And I was like, yes. And, you know, there were these beautiful purple things that only... They're only alive for like two days or something like that. It's like, of course, those are the flowers I have to go and conquer and get. And I know she does not like some flowers because I got some flowers because there was no peonies because I didn't make it in time. But I know she likes roses and I just found out she likes tulips. Isn't that awesome? But if she had just told me the word flower, I can get her flowers. 
But there's something beautiful when she's like, I like the ponies. And I like the lilies. And I like this. And, and so when I was looking at these Greek words, it was more than just kingdom. Now he's like sunflowers and peonies and all these things. Does that make sense? So there's something beautiful about breaking down words, not for the sake of information, but for the sake of love and getting to know God better. Say hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, man, it just makes me want to go crazy. So I looked up the word kingdom and it was awesome because in the Old Testament, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love movies like Braveheart and like Gladiator and like, all these, yeah, we're going to conquer stuff. And that's the way I view Joshua in the Old Testament. And, and Joshua is this man that that just ready to go and conquer stuff and God telling him, go everywhere you go, everywhere your foot Touches, I'll be with you and you'll conquer. And he's like, go and conquer this kingdom of Or and, or Orc. I, f- I forgot what the word was, but that word kingdom was actually a physical place that they were going to go and conquer, right? That was the Old Testament word. Now, when Jesus said kingdom, he wasn't talking about a physical place. Are you guys with me? So the Hebrew word was actually a place that you were able to go. I was like, oh, that's why I couldn't find it. Hold on, it was really good, man. I really like what I got. Yes, so the word here is mama lokuth. And I love what Nate said because I'm not Greek either, but we're going to try. So the Hebrew word for that is an actual kingdom. It's an earthly place. It's a territory where a kingdom actually rules and reigns, right? That's not the same word that Jesus used when he was talking about this mustard seed. When he was talking about this kingdom, he was using the word basilea, which is royal power, kingship, dominion. And it specifically says not an actual earthly kingdom, but it's the right to rule over something. The territory to rule for a king. Royal power. Say royal power. Dominion. The right to rule over a kingdom. Isn't that beautiful? So when God here, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's actually talking about a place that we can't physically see, but that he's still able to rule and reign. And that's where he meets. I was just so blown away with that because I was like, okay, where, where, where's this kingdom that makes no sense because you use the least amount of things to change people's life? And he was like, oh, it's actually inside of you. Because everywhere that Jesus walks, he rules and reigns and he lives inside of you. And so he brings the kingdom. So in the places where he says that that not thy will be done, but God's will be done as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. Another word for that was kingdom. And it blows my mind because because when Pastor Gavin was talking about kingdom and Pastor Kathy was talking about kingdom, I'm like, where's the castles? Where's the road? And then I was like, at the beach, I was like, God, like, where's the kingdom? And God was like, it's inside of you, and his name is Jesus. And I'm like, whoa, he really is endless. And the cool thing about it, too, was I didn't really understand kingdom because, obviously, we live in the United States, and there's no dictator. Um, my wife and I were got a chance to watch Netflix, and we love watching, like, these Britain shows. And I know Nate doesn't like Downtown Abbey. I don't like downtown Abbey either. Uh, but I was like, babe, what does this guy do? Okay, anyways. Uh, and then uh, the other, other shows that we were watching where they actually showed a king that ruled over a kingdom. And it was crazy because in the show, whenever the king would die and he didn't name his successor, the whole place would be in chaos. The whole kingdom, the place that he had dominion and the ability to rule. And, and that's what happens when we give our life to Jesus as we allow the kingdom to come inside of us, which means we allow him to rule and reign. And I'm, I'm going to get into it, but, but the ability for him to rule and reign is so important because if you don't have a king, somebody's going to try and fight for that throne. 
So close your eyes real quick. If you, if you feel crazy inside, if you feel out of control, if you feel chaos, if you feel like something is fighting inside of you, there is a king that wants to take that throne. And his name is Jesus. And he loves you. Thank you, Jesus. And there's something beautiful about when you allow King Jesus to sit on your throne. He actually becomes Lord over your life. And it was beautiful. I was, I was looking up the word Lord. And in Psalm 16, verse 1, if you can turn there real quick. I love it because it's actually a king. And it's King David that's talking about Jesus. Are you guys ready? It's really beautiful. It says, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul. Say, O my soul. Say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. You have said to the Lord, and I love that word Lord there. That word Lord in the Hebrew is the one true God. That is what that word Lord means. Or it means the existing one. So God is still existing inside of you. There's nothing you can do to kill God. There's nothing nobody else can do to kill God. Isn't that a relief? Say, woo! Thank God. You know, wipe your brow a little bit because I'm sweating. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Mr. Joe. Hallelujah. All right, you are my Lord, the one true God. And uh, it's actually great because that word is uh, Jehovah. You know, we always say Jehovah. And, and I don't know, my blue letter speaks to me because the Bible's all high tech. And it was like, Jehovah. And I was like, oh. Uh, but it's okay. Whatever way you say it, it's, it's, I'm cool with it. You know, I mispronounce words all the time, so it's all good. Mm. I, 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 I'm going to keep reading. Give me one second. Okay, so that word Lord, Jehovah, is the existing one, the one true God. And I love it because that word Lord is actually used over 6,000 times, 6,739 times in the Bible. And I thought about how many times we pray and we're like, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Like, do we actually know what we're saying when we say the word Lord? And it's okay if you don't. It's okay if you don't. But it's just, I'm, I'm tired of saying words just because I heard somebody else say it without actually fully understanding what it means. It's like me going to Walmart, getting flowers without knowing that they're peonies. Okay, I don't get the full value behind it. So I actually looked up that, that the, one of the 6,000 words and it was Jehovah. But in the Greek... It's actually Lord means to whom a person or a thing belongs to. The possessor, and this is my favorite part, or the disposer of things. Come on. So he wants to possess your heart. And I know it sounds crazy because uh, you, you might feel like he wants to control you. But if you had listened to everything we talked about intimacy, it's actually about a God who loves you, who's a good father, who isn't going to do any harm to you. Actually, in Romans 8.28, it says that, all things work together for your good, not your bad, for your good. So to me, that sounds like a really good father, that when he's in control, things actually work for our good, even though it didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. Are you guys, hallelujah? hallelujah. <laughs> okay, good. So Lord, the authority, the power, the influence, and we're going to break that word down too, because it was really, really good. Yeah, I have it right here. But I'm going to say that again with the, if I can find it, to whom a person or things belongs to. The other word was supreme. 
I know there's a Supreme store and, and I tried to go there to get some shoes one time. My wife was like, if you don't get out in the name of Jesus, because everything in there was so expensive. Like they like put it in these little bags, sucked out the air. And I was like, I can't afford, I can't afford air. <laughs> so up in my king can. Okay, we'll get there later. So to whom a person or things belong to supreme or supremacy, the possessor and disposer of things. Just close your eyes because there's something that Jesus wants to do. He wants to dispose of things that are of no good to you. Listen to this. Not things that don't, not things that make you comfortable or uncomfortable. Because sometimes I, I do feel like things that are uncomfortable is, is because you haven't found a new way of Jesus yet. But, but the, the beautiful thing is when he disposes of things that actually bring pain and condemnation or are bringing you to death or leading you thoughts to death or you see that your life is leading you to death, those are the things that God wants to dispose of. Those are the mustard seeds that another king, a father of lies that can only replicate, cannot create anything new, perverted and put inside of you. And we're just going to let him dispose of it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, hallelujah. Yeah, and he's good. He's that good. He's so good. You guys still with me? So, Lord, and and I love it because Paul literally starts pretty much all of his epistles with Lord somewhere in there. I think he's he's probably the reason there's like 6,000 words because he uses Lord as much as he can. But I also believe it's because he understood what it meant for him to be Lord Jesus. Okay. So we're going to read King David right here in Psalms, Psalm 16, because it just feels so good in my heart. And he showed it to me at the beach, so it's really good. So preserve me, O God, verse 1, for in you I put my trust. It's so much better to put your trust on a king that you actually can't understand fully. Because if we can understand him from this one teaching, if we can understand him from five minutes, personally, that's not a king I want to serve. Because that's scary for him to have all that control over my life and I can figure him out like that. But a king that has, that's endless, that can see the big picture, that wants everything for me, that, that he does things that I cannot even comprehend, like putting me on the 17th floor of a beautiful hotel so I can just see how amazing he is. That's the king I want to serve. That's the king I want to serve. I, I want to serve a king that's going to take all eternity just to understand a little tiny bit, just a little mustard seed. That's the king that I want to sit on my throne, not people, not my other beliefs. It's King Jesus the Lord and King of this kingdom inside of me. That is the God that I want to serve. That's the God I want to worship. That's the God that I want to have conversations with. That's the God that I want to give me mustard seeds. That's the God that I want to put my trust in. Say trust and throw a hallelujah in there. Come on, verse 2. Oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Sometimes you got to remember who our Lord is. And that's okay. My goodness is nothing apart from you. He said it. My goodness is nothing apart from you. God does all the good things for you. As for the saints who are on earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Say, I'm a saint. I looked it up before. I think it was like holy straight from God. It was something like that. I just know it's you guys. So I say hallelujah. All right, verse four. Their sorrow shall be multiplied who hasn't offered another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. When I first read that, I was like, ouch. And then I felt better because I put God back on his throne. And I took off anything that could have been an idol. (laughs) And I was at peace. It was really great. It was so simple. I love it. Verse five. Oh, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. 
You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord. Say, Lord, who has given me counsel. I always say that wrong. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. How many of you guys are walking through a night season and you're like, when is it going to end? Don't raise your hand. But how many of you guys are walking through that and don't know that there's a Lord that loves you because he loves you and is bigger than any night season? He actually brings the light and brings the day and brings the peace. And that's who you have to be with. Because he's that good. Verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. How many of you guys have set yourself before you? Don't raise your hand. There's no condemnation. But it's almost so much better when God is king. Because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. I love the word therefore. Verse 9, therefore means because of all this. Because of all this, my heart is glad. How many of you guys don't have a glad heart? Because you, oh, there's a glad heart. Say Hallelujah. Yeah, because there's a heart to be, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm going to get excited. And my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. It's, it's, oh, I don't have time. Verse 10, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol. I think that's the one thing that every denomination is really good at, is then you know that when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you're not going to hell. Isn't that good? For you will not leave my soul in hell. That's what Sheol means, hell. And, but there's so much more than that. Okay. We don't got time. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Holy actually means set apart. Verse 11, you will show me the path of life. Say, God, show me. Everybody together, show me, show me the path of life. Come on. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I wrote a little note. Only Lord King can do that. It is only Lord King that can do that. And I'm going to give you the summarized version because I'm pretty much out of time. And It's Luke 15, 11 to 32. And it's, it's a story of the prodigal sons. And how many of you guys know about the prodigal sons? Read that a little bit. It's also another parable. So it's a heavenly story with a heavenly meaning. And, and it's a beautiful story because there's a father who has a, an inheritance. Like he's, he's pretty loaded because he's able to give one of his two sons one part of his inheritance. Right? The son that got the inheritance was like, Daddy, I'm out. I'm going to Las Vegas, and I'm going to spend all the money. He didn't say it like that, but he made a lot of choices that led him to a place when famine hit. He had nothing. Okay, I'm not saying the gas is famine, but it's not fun. And it's crazy because he ended up, because of the choices that he made with his inheritance, away from the father. Okay, I already hit the punchline, but he was away from the king. He was away from the father. So the word prodigal actually means waste of resources or, or using your resources in a lavish way. And I started thinking about resources and I thought about the water and I thought about all these unlimited resources that we have. And, and God was like, your thoughts are resources, your, your words are resources. Your time is resources, and I wonder how many times we've done, wasted our resources because we weren't with the king. And it's okay, there's no condemnation because if Jesus lives inside of you, then you're redeemed, and he makes all things work together for your good. But I just wonder how much more could that prodigal son that went and spoiled his inheritance could have done with all that money? Anyways. So he's there, and it gets to the point where the famine is so bad. I love this. I love this part in the Bible. It said that he, rem- he was now a citizen of that, of that world. He became a citizen of that country. And it's really cool that he wasn't a citizen of that country until he left the Father. And, and I thought about that, what God does when, he's born with the, when we're born again with him, is he takes us out of the citizenship of the world, and he puts us in the citizenship of the kingdom. 
And, and it just moved my heart because I was like, man, that means that nothing that happens in the world truly matters because there's a king that doesn't, isn't moved. Okay. So it got to the point where the prodigal son was so hungry that he would actually want to eat the pods of a pig. I thought it was disgusting. Uh, I wanted to Google it and I just couldn't do it because uh, <laughs> I was like, what does it mean? I'm like, God, you can keep that information for a bit. Um, so anyway, so he said he got so hungry and then he came to himself. And that coming to yourself is the awareness of like, what am I doing here? How many of you guys ever felt that where you were doing something, you thought you were on the path of life, you thought you were doing the good thing and then you came to yourself and you're like, this is wrong. Right? I loved it because he was like, even the servants, the hired servants have enough to eat and more. And I thought about how rich this father had to be that in a time of famine, he was still wealthy, he still had servants, he was still able to feed them, and then he was also able to have more than enough. And I started thinking about how many times we complain about the world's economy and how it goes up and down, and we take our eyes off the father when he has more than enough to take care of us. And, and it was beautiful because the, the reason that he was there was because he took his eyes off the father. And, and so he started running back to the father. And this is the part that moves me. This is why I love the gospel because bef- the father was waiting for him. The father was waiting for his son to come to his senses to look for him. And, and I thought about how much money this, this rich king had. Like, he could have hired the FBI. You know, he could have gotten milk cartons. Like, he could have done anything to follow his son. But it had to be a choice from the son to be able to come back to the kingdom. And when he did come back to the kingdom, he, he ran to him. He put sandals on his feet. And I thought about how gross his feet must have been. But the father didn't care the, the mess that you've walked in because he has perfectly good sandals with a manicure or pedicure to put on. And, and then he also put a ring on him, which actually had the seal of the family. And how many of you guys know that when you come to God, it's no longer your name, but you get his name. And he puts this robe of righteousness to, to let everybody know that no matter what he looks like, He's covered by the Father. And it's beautiful because you're pure. Okay. And the Father does this one thing that really touched my heart. He grabbed his son and gave him kisses on the neck. And I think that's a whole nother level of intimacy. When I first read it, I was like, my daddy hasn't even kissed my neck. Like, that's, that's really intimate there. But the fact that he didn't wait for his son to take a shower... <laughs> He was eating pie or, you know, he was with the pods. He was with the pigs. And his, and his dad was like, I love you more than your stink. And I'm going to kiss your neck. And I don't know about you, but my mama used to tell me, make sure you scrub your neck. And then now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, my God, no wonder she says scrub your neck. And he was willing to kiss it. Isn't that crazy? Man, like I can't even go to the gym and come home without saying, Mm-mm, go to the shower. Okay. But the father doesn't care. But the other prodigal son or not the prodigal son, the other son that was there was in the field working really, really hard. And then once he found out that his, him and his father were married, and that word "merry" means rejoice or to have joy, the, the son was like, what about me? I've been working really hard for you, father. And he was like, son, there was always a fat calf for you. So you can be merry and have joy with your friends. And, and I started reading the whole thing and I'm like, God, which one am I? And, and God was like, look, you're missing the point of the story. The point of the story isn't who had the inheritance or who didn't have the inheritance. It was both of them never talked to the father. 
both of them never turned around. Like what Nate was saying about intimacy, about repentance, being able to turn towards the Father. Where one had all the inheritance and the other one also had inheritance. But if he had just spoken to the Father, he would have gave him a mustard seed and told him what to do and actually have joy with him. And, and, and that leads me to this point of the whole purpose of kingdom is for God to influence your identity. Because your identity, once you... <laughs> With your identity, you create systems that reinforces that identity, okay? And those systems, the more you do, turn into habits. And habits are things that you do subconsciously without even thinking. And so there's times when you're probably trying to break a habit and you're like, God, I don't understand why it's not breaking. You don't have a sin problem. You have an identity problem. You forgot who you were. But just like the prodigal son who came to himself and came to the father to remind him who he was, that's what God does when you allow him to be Lord and king over your life. Because whatever's Lord and king over your life is going to tell you who you are, tell you your identity, and you're going to create systems to reaffirm that, that then turn habits that you start doing without realizing what you're doing. Are you guys still with me? So for me, it was so beautiful once I found out about Lord King because I knew him as father, I knew him as friend, I knew him as my lover, I knew him as my groom, and I knew I was the bride, and I knew I was the son. But I didn't know he was my Lord King. And the problem when you don't know that he's Lord King or if you don't have him as Lord King is other people become Lord King or other beliefs become Lord King. And then you're motivated by those things, and that motivation then tells you who you are. In the telling of who you are, then you create systems that you're like, this is who I am. Are you guys still with me? And I'm not saying your life is going to change overnight, but I'm also saying it's not. But I, I think there's this place where God wants to take you right here, right now, within your heart, where he is ruler, where he wants to rule and reign over your life. Where, where he wants to be the supreme thing that is speaking to your identity because he only has good things for you. I know it's so simple. But just like those two commandments, it's so simple, yet so much better. And if we just believe it, use our belief to go to the king to then activate that faith, and our life has changed forever. We can actually love our neighbors the way that we love ourselves. So close your eyes. I just want to do an activation because I'm right on time. Thank you, Jesus. You love me. Close your eyes. And I don't. I, honestly, at this point, I don't even care if anything I made made sense. I just want you to have an excuse to talk to this king that gave up his life, but then also came back from the dead just to live inside of you and to bring peace to your life, to bring goodness to your life, to put you on the 17th floor of a hotel. But it starts with turning towards the king, with changing your heart. So I'm going to pray over you. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are the king that brings transformation. And if there's anything that we put on that throne that you're supposed to be at, we simply allow it to get up and move. And we let you, Lord King, sit on that throne. So you can start to speak to us once again. So you can start to rule and reign again. And so right now, I just want you to get a mustard seed. And remember, no matter how small or insignificant you think it is, 
It's going to grow and turn into something that things come and build homes or systems around. So let him give you a mustard seed right now. So under your breath or out loud, it's up to you. And even if you're listening on Spotify or just in your car, don't close your eyes if you're driving. But just repeat after me. Lord King, what is the mustard seed that you want to give me? As you get it, I'm just going to read these things over you. Lord is someone or something that has the power, authority, or influence over your life. Power is the capacity or the ability to direct or influence your behavior or your identity. Authority is the power or the right to give orders or make decisions. And influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior. And the mustard seed that God gave me right now was power. And it was the capacity or ability to direct or influence. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that if there's anybody that needs a ring and a robe and some sandals, you just touch their hearts right here, right now regardless of what they think of themselves. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that if there's anybody here with any, anything mental going on in their heart or their head, I just thank you that you're Lord King and you immediately come and rule and reign. Yeah, I thank you, Holy Spirit, if there's anything evil that has happened to anybody here, we just break that right now in the name of Jesus. And we tell her that it has no place here has no place because there's a king who has already defeated Satan and made it a public spectacle. And, uh, and I feel this mustard seed in my heart. You are not evil. You're actually, and so chats, you are created from his image. And last, thing, last time I read my Bible, God is not evil. So you are not evil. You are not an angry person. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So I'm just wrapping up. We're just going to, the mustard seed that God gave you is real. And, and in, in, the, in the Gospels, Jesus spoke about how <laughs> There's, a, there's an enemy that wants to come kill, steal, and destroy. And you think it will happen really big, like with your house or your car. But it happens by him coming and telling you that that mustard seed wasn't real. And I'm telling you that it was. Or he might say, you can't hear the voice of God. Those were your thoughts. I'll tell you what, if it was a good thought, it's him. If it was a bad thought, it's probably not him. Keep it simple. And then with that, just do what Pastor Abel taught us to do, to meditate to sit with that word and let it touch your heart, let it, surpass, let it pass your understanding straight to your heart and let it grow in your field, okay? Are you guys good? Oh, man, all right. Let's get one more hallelujah. hallelujah. Hey, I love you. In Jesus' name, you guys are all perfect, amen.